Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala. And I'm Allie Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies' room. So we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Welcome back to the ladies' room. Here we are again. Here we are again. I'm coming to you live. Smooth yeah, right. Jazz. <laughs> jazz. I should be back to my smooth jazz microphone in a week or two. I might have to get one of those for myself since yes. things have been more. I'm in the same place more than I am normally. Yes. And they're very fancy because as of yesterday, the floors at the place are done. There's still some more stuff to be done about that. But, and I was laughing because about eight weeks ago, I asked the guy, Hey, uh, you know, how long do you think it'll take? Like, three weeks baby he goes oh three weeks no way and he meant it would take long uh, less but really three weeks was way too short right he meant three weeks I meant three months well no he actually meant like three weeks are you crazy I mean we'll give him two weeks maybe three weeks just to make sure no, I know Excuse me. but no it ended up being almost eight weeks yeah so but back to the smooth jazz microphone soon all right excellent it's stressing me out thinking about hooking up the comcast modem just like so sure something's gonna go wrong because that's comcast (laughs) (laughs) every time i think about my internet i think i like it more because you're a little jealous right and also it doesn't stress you out like when we lost power here in this condo um i'm like there's no way the internet's gonna come back on properly and it didn't i had to mess around with it and it was really upsetting I'm very sorry about that. I know. Just work. Um, this, isn't, the, uh, this isn't really, really related, but maybe loosely to what we're going to talk about. But I forgot to tell you this earlier. I don't know what John is diffusing because, you know, he always runs the diffuser. But whatever it is, it's some kind of crack. And I know I will not be able, he won't be able to remember what he's stuck in the diffuser when he gets home. And I'm going to be like heartbroken because it's like, the perfect concoction of like it smells like honey I just love it it must have vanilla in it I was wondering if he mixed vanilla and abode together if that's what was happening but whatever it is it smells amazing did he maybe use huggy (laughs) (laughs) well now you have to tell that (laughs) that's what we call it at our house too (laughs) so there's a there's some new oil that we have that's only available for a limited time and it's h-y-g-g-e right and it's, how's it supposed to be pronounced? Hug? Huga. Huga. <laughs> and I just call it Huggy. <laughs> Which, you know, it kind of has the same feeling. But it's like that Swiss. Isn't it Scandinavian? It's Swiss or Scandinavian? It's Dutch. What yeah. is it? Denmark? I thought. <laughs> You're all over <laughs> Europe right now. <laughs> I'm just going to hop around till something lands. <laughs> I'm just going to name European countries until I'm right. I will name them all. It was one of those. I think it's, I think it's Scandinavian. All right. I don't think it's I mean, I've what read the, cold the name like 50 times because it's like an actual season. It's such a beautiful idea of like cocooning and like having a season of just, you know, it's dark a lot and you kind of cocoon in. Like, I love that. It's part of that culture. And I, I, I've never thought it was pronounced like that. So I like that we're calling it Huggy. 
Puggy. I mean, it's, it's, that's the American pronunciation. Right. You know, I realized, <laughs> I realized something today where I have two, like a very American centric, a very generational American centric view of things right now, which is um, I was doing something on social media and I was like, Hey, I just realized that as a Gen X American, I assume everyone gets my cultural references <laughs> because for the, or my pop cultural references, because for the most part, it's not wrong. It's not a wrong assumption. Um, there's somebody I used to work with who's a millennial and he would quote stuff for me. He loved Family Guy, which is a show made by a Gen X. And mm-hmm. he would quote stuff to me. And I'm like, you know, that's a real commercial from when I was a kid, right? It's like, it is. I go, yeah, see, you're, you're just sending back my childhood to me. All these quotes of, of TV shows and commercials and everything. Because when you think about it, Gen X was the first and last generation that had pop culture that was big enough to be kind of disseminated the way it was, but small enough to be a common experience. So like the baby boomers and the fifties and sixties, like they all watched the moon landing and stuff, but they didn't really have pop, pop culture the same way that Gen X babies did. And now the pop culture is so huge that you can like consume pockets of it. So Gen X was like the perfect size pop culture, at least in America, where it was both big enough to be pop culture, but small enough to be a shared experience. And I think that's like going to continue to be perpetuated forward while Gen X are content creators. It's just like an interesting little, mm-hmm. like, there's, really even, interesting. There, there's even that movie or the book and the movie Ready Player One, where the guy yeah. who was born, the guy who created the matrixy thing, the Oasis, he was born in 1972. And the whole thing is permeated with, his growing up pop culture. I'm like, yeah, that's such a Gen X American way to be. Like, I just assume that if I say somebody is sponge worthy or whatever the fuck, that everybody knows what I'm talking about because it's a Seinfeld quote or whatever else. So anyway, um, I don't even remember where I launched off from that. I think it's impressive that you can think about the world like that, even with me as your BFF, because 95% of pulp pop culture reference just goes over my head but they you're the exception retrained. like you're I the exception that sure. pro- proves the rule because it's so weird like even you yeah. admit how weird it yeah, is it's that true. you're not a pop culture and if we go back to childhood I do re- resonate with way yes. more things yeah like like you know who Tony the Tiger is better than Justin Bieber yes like let's see so when I say Gen <laughs> X pop culture I'm talking about it's like uh someone someone pointed out that um our christmas experience is the boomers christmas experience because all of the songs like white christmas and all (laughs) those ones that we think of as like these are just the christmas the cultural christmas songs those are all from when they were kids and teenagers so they kind of grabbed christmas um (laughs) except for our one mariah carey song and but we kind of grabbed like the pop culture collective consciousness and we're holding on to it because Gen X content creators make things that reference back to their childhood, which is why a millennial is quoting to me like Pepperidge Farm commercials. <laughs> he said some quote one time. I'm like, that's a commercial for crackers from when I was a kid. He's like, really? It's yes. Wow. That's fantastic. It was in Family Guy, so he's quoting it at me. I almost stopped John dead in his tracks because he used a South Park reference. And I was like, you're not allowed to 
he was, he was talking, he was giving the voice of fat baby, somebody from South park. And I was like, that's not acceptable. And he was very impressed that I knew what South, I have no idea. Now you're, now you're taking it too far. Probably Cartman. I mean, Cartman's (laughs) the easiest one to do. I have no idea who any of them are. I just was like, no, no, that's not okay. I used to do a Cartman, like a pretty good Cartman. And I was working um, in a place with like medium sized cubicle walls. Like they weren't all the way to the ceiling, but you couldn't see over them. And some of the guys I worked with, this was a long time ago, like 20 some years ago, back when South Park was still relevant. And um, they were talking and I like said something in the Cartman voice and everyone just like dead silence. And then one of them goes, Lynn, was that you? Yes, that was me. (laughs) Total shock. Like awesome. we heard, we just heard Cartman's voice, and the only other person here is Lynn. I couldn't possibly no, it was me. Okay, enough <laughs> silly enough meadowing because I have. So I'm very excited about what we're talking about today. I know, and you you brought the topic, so you're going to have to do most of the prompting and running. Yes, but it's one of my. All favorite I have to topics. do is spin you up, and then you, and then you are off and running. So yes, that's the podcast. Works well. <laughs> Alex, okay, so I had. I'm going to start with the experience I had this week where, or was that the end of last oh, yeah. week? Anyway, recently yeah. I had a massage that was so intense and I'm not a massage like virgin. I've probably, I was trying to figure out like how many massages I've probably had in my life. And I think it's probably around 200. Like there was a time where I had massage every week just to take care of my body because it was working so much physically. Um, I would be surprised if it wasn't more than 200. Especially if you add in like aroma touch and all that kind of stuff, but a lot, right? Like I've had a lot yeah. of massages. So, cause I've I, had more than 200 massages and I think you're way more into massage even than I am. But you're also much, much older than me. And that's <laughs> not true. That's absolute falsehood. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, I, but anyway, I was like a lot, a lot, right? Like, and I really appreciate yeah, massage hundreds. and you know, I've studied around the edges of it and whatever. And this blew my mind. It was a second massage that I had with the person. And the first time I was like, amazing, she did an amazing job. The structural integration stuff she did was very, very good. But the second time I was like, hi, like my mom said, you know, like, did she give you mushrooms? I'm like, no mom. But I just was like, so like it was such a profound experience. Um, and if you've had a lot of massage, like you're probably familiar or you've felt kind of like massage drunk, but it was not, yeah. I mean, it was just like all this release and like the I had, therapist. I had, so just, I'm sorry. I just have to weigh in with massage drunk one time because I used to go to a therapist <laughs> who was so amazing. And I remember one time she left, she's like, okay, get dressed. I'll be right outside. You know, soft voice. I'll be right outside with a glass of water. And I looked at the clock and it said 1290. I'm like, well, that's for sure not right. And I had to like blink and look <laughs> and blink and look and like finally got it to be something that made sense. But it said 1290, I swear. <laughs> I finished. No, so yeah. that's exactly what it's like to be properly, you know, you're just like a yeah. little disoriented. You maybe shouldn't drive right away. Like it's a fantastic, and actually, right. Like that's what originally got me into oils. Like I had a massage with oils and it was such an intense experience that Mm -hmm. I was, I went home, um, after this yoga retreat and was like, I got to figure out what that was. Um, so I 
that kind of launched like this whole awesome discussion that you and I had afterward. And it, I'm excited about it because we've talked, like I had a discovery about something that you've been up to um, for myself. So that's why I get to lead into it a little bit, but um, the massage therapist shared a little bit that, and I shared a little bit about my life and what's been going on and just processing this, the trauma of like our summer and whatever, and like all the stress in my body. And, um, she shared that she does some energy work. And normally when somebody says energy work, I still like kind of secretly roll my eyes. I'm like, okay, I can't but, believe, um, I cannot I believe know. too, that you're such a skeptic when I have done so much energy work with you. And I'm not even an energy worker. Like I'm a little tiny novice playing around with energy and you have directly experienced it. And you're still like, I don't know if this is real while you like levitate six (laughs) inches above the ground. But what you do and the way I interact with what you do, like it makes sense to me. So that's part of what's so powerful. So anyway, the massage was amazing. I was clear that it wasn't just the physical massage that had that kind of impact. Um, and I left thinking like, I wonder if, and she, and I had talked about a little bit about like my work in the world and she was sharing a little bit about her, like her real passion and inside energy work and moving forward, like, um, new economies and the work of women and all these different, um, pieces. And I was like, I wonder if that's not going to be like required, you know, like, I wonder if there aren't going to be like a symphony of women and not, not just women, but I think one of the things that we talk a lot about is recollecting the lost art and the lost work of women. it's, It's traditionally the work of women. It doesn't mean that other people can't do it, but in human history, traditionally women have held that space and performed and again, not in every culture, everything has exceptions, but traditionally right. when you think of like herb lore and emotional stuff and soft things, and, you know, it's traditionally the space held by women. So, you know, whatever, like we're not trying right. to be you can still or gatekeeping. An- <laughs> right. You can have a penis and be an energy worker. We're not saying right. that. And you but, can have a um, vagina and not be an energy worker. <laughs> Fair. But I think one of the things that's really important when we're looking at what's being collected is that in, you know, like Western culture, uh, especially white Western culture, that's permeated most of, you know, media and what's been recorded and all that stuff, like that's missing, right? Like the work of women wasn't recorded, the, the art, the medicine, the healing, like all those pieces weren't recorded the same way that the work of, you know, like especially in a day and age where there wasn't the ability to record things the way we have now. So a lot of things were lost and a lot of things were intentionally destroyed and buried because I think their power, and I'm not talking about like, I'm not even verging on to like witchcraft and all kinds of things. Like, I think there's darkness that's not good also. Um, But I think there was a lot of powerful things that women were probably up to that just never got recorded. Well, and some of it is even like, there's a lot for, for centuries, but some of it, even just in the last two generations was discarded and then has been reassumed. Like we've talked all the time about, um, you know, eat the way your grandma, like the best diet in the world is eat the way your grandma says to eat. 
right? Yeah. Like, I mean, right. There's no one thing that's good for everybody, but in general, like my grandma is so fussy about colors on the plates. Um, <laughs> and she's always, it's, we tease her about it, but she's not wrong. Right. If right. you eat a very colorful diet, for the most part, you're going to be pretty healthy because you can't do that without eating mostly fruits and vegetables. Like she's like, oh, that this is too white of a meal. It needs to be some green or red <laughs> or orange or something. Like the, we tease her, but she's not wrong. Um, and so it's only just even in, in two generations, we've thrown away a lot of home remedies and things that genuinely work. Well, we I mean, this is call- also the same... Sorry, this is the same woman who used to give us uh, whiskey when we had a cough. <laughs> so yeah, you know, but but it doesn't right. not work, right? Um, how do you? I forgot whiskey? what I was even gonna say. Sorry, do it. I'm sorry. No. I'm throwing my honey lemon. In oh, I was go. gonna say right. That's good. But I think that part of um, I mean, even we call it integrated medicine when we start looking at alternatives, and then we um, and then we go like oh, how did it ever get disintegrated, right? And even when we, all the conversations we have about work and how did we get this like 40 hour work week and all these pieces, like, you know, this education system, all these, a lot of things, you know, we had a, for sure, a season of human history where things were fragmented um, so much and we've grown and expanded and now there's just this access to something more. And it's really interesting, like I- Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish your thought. And then I have a thought. I was probably going to take us down a curve that we might not be ready for. So oh, go ahead. Okay. So I, I just have one thing to say. It really is when we started using a manufacturing model for everything. So, you know, we have the industrial revolution, mass manufacture, and then we're like, right. oh, this is really great. That's how we should do school also and medicine and food and all the things. Um, and there's actually a really, um, I think we've talked about him before on the podcast and I can't think of his name right now. He has the number one, the most popular Ted talk ever of all time. He just recently passed away. He's an English guy and he, um, talks about education and he had this really Mm -hmm. funny thing where he, he said, um, you know, we started doing even like great, he was talking about grades and he says, we take children, we sort them by date of manufacture and then, you know, as yeah. if every, you know, and at the time we, that I saw this, we had Riley at a Montessori school. And one of the things I loved about it was all of their classrooms are mixed age. There's three ages, like three to six right. in one group and seven to nine or whatever. And that allows everyone to mentor, be mentored, to show leadership. And it also allows kids to develop at different rates academically, um, you know, if you might be a super bright four-year-old, but if you're with six-year-olds, you're going to be able to be challenged all the time. Um, So this, so my main comment to what you were saying is the disintegration, I think, was when we took a manufacturing industrial model for everything. And like, it's just weird. It doesn't work for humans and biology and all that other stuff. But it, so I would disagree with you that it does and doesn't work, right? Like, I mean, there's something really powerful about the advancement that's possible when we standardize things. And I mean, it's why that's what you do when you consult, you know, or that's what I was said when I consulted like a nonprofit or a family owned business, like you bring standardization, but not to the process, not to the, not to the people. 
that's what I'm saying is like not there's nothing wrong with the manufacturing and industrial and standardization and systems model for systems, but we brought that model to people as if we're all like the same body, we're all the same whatever. Yeah, and I don't know if that's I don't know if we brought it to people or just to everything around us, though it's the same result. Because I think that we tried to do that around medicine and then we tried to do that around education. And we and it, yeah, it yeah, ended yeah. up with this like conforming that's incredibly. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. Like we we, right. we, we found a cool hammer. And we're like, okay, well, right. everything's definitely a nail now. Um, right. And that, that's where we ended up with a disintegrated approach to our wellness. Because we're like, well, that, you know, you're just a machine your body is a machine. And so if you program it like this, or you program it like that and ignoring um, systems thinking about, I mean, systems thinking about everything, we should do a whole thing about systems thinking sometime, but not today. All right. Sorry. I, I swirled us off, but you were about to go down another path about disintegrated and how we got rid of the wisdom. I don't know. That, that part probably doesn't matter. But one of the, so after the massage, we had this great conversation where you were like, yeah, duh. Like I, and I realized like when we head into like any Wait, type of new, go back go to ahead. what the conversation was. So you and I know what it was, but let's not keep it a secret. Well, so, I was going to kind of circle. Oh, go okay. ahead. All right. All right. No, no, no you do if you're going to circle, then go. No, no, you, I just wanted to make sure you said <laughs> the thing. <laughs> We're like, little, We're like the ladies little, lunch. <laughs> the little, I was just going to say the little polite chipmunks from, um, I think it was Disney. They were like, no, no, after you. No, 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 after you. <laughs> Go. Um, so I, like I was saying, well, now I don't even remember, but I was, just, I was just wanting to say, like, I was talking about, like, will there be like a body of energy workers that moves things forward and more quickly? And will there be like um, all these little things that bring things into alignment and make things, happen or available to happen faster and you were like yeah duh no shit this is what I've been saying for forever and you tied it in to some like a a conversation we've had for years around what some of your work is and I thought it was so awesome because we often we've kind of landed on talking about a lot of your work it's like accelerants that like you bring modalities to a process to make a result happen faster and it doesn't necessarily happen sometimes it happens deeper like it just brings like around a more powerful result and I it was like a holy shit moment so before you talk about accelerants like one of the things that's really challenging for me when I start thinking about and this might be some of the Christian like don't use your like you can't trust yourself kind of thing um, that so many of us learned, especially women, um, in the church, but I, I feel like whenever I'm approaching something new, especially in the woo space, it's not enough just to go like, yeah, that works. Like it feels like it's in alignment. It seems like it's in alignment here, here, and here for me. Um, here's where it's not. And somebody gives me something in sort of like Western science or whatever. I don't need to do that to, you know, like explain why I'm doing the thing or why I'm okay with it or why it's in alignment for me. But when it comes to woo, like 
like I said, you say energy worker and I'm like, I don't know. And so I, it's I so know interesting that, like, too, because oil sits right at the intersection point of those two things. And there's nothing oily that we've ever taken on that you were like, I don't know. I mean, I guess actually when we did start moving it more true. into the energy, you were skeptical. And in the beginning, like we used oils for physical impact. And it was like, I mean, I think the first time anybody ever told me that you could do like a body scan with a piece of equipment and it could read things about your body. I was like, that's probably some total bullshit. <laughs> and now you're an Itobi queen. Yeah. I mean, I love biofeedback and I mean, not just, not just with Itobi, but I, I obviously believe in biofeedback and kinetic feedback and all that stuff. Um, bustle testing and that kind of stuff. So I, I, you're having your own, we need evolution. I'm having my own, but I do, it gets, it does, it does still get messy because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things like somebody tells me they're studying science. I guess that's not true. Like people bring science, like quote scientific stuff or medical stuff to me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but like that's produced by a prescription drug company that's, you know, main purpose is to sell blah, blah, blah. So I guess I am skeptical anyway, but, um, I look at a lot of the woo stuff as like very spiritual. And so there's a place where I'm like, maybe especially protective because if you start to say like witches to me, I'm like, please go fuck off. Like I, I'm so disconnected from how weird some people like some of it has to be that I can't even make use of it. You know, you're making me think of, I, again, screenshots and tweets on social media. It's what I read, but someone said they were at their doctor's office and a woman walked in to get her COVID vaccine. And it was because her shaman told her that she would need it in order to ascend. And the person was like, you know what, whatever works. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there you go. Um, Oh man. But yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of places where like, I get lost and I'm hung up on like, I don't know. I really don't like that. It's not in alignment for me. And I have to spend so much time and energy there that it's not worth engaging a lot of things, but I don't like adopting and incorporating new things the same way that you do where like, you'll go out and explore and try it all on like, and then come back with like, here's all the golden nuggets I found. Like I want it after somebody I trust has done a lot of that filtering but um, I, w- I really had me like, may- I couldn't possibly understand, like, if it's true that there's like an energetic part of this movement that's happening, which for sure it is, right? Like nothing right. moves across well, humanity or even across a large group of people without there being energy behind it. And, and clarify what, what movement you're talking about. Just like bring the full context in because you and I talk a ton about this next week forward, but bring in that that's the context that we're talking, like create that context. So I'm, I mean, when I'm saying it right now, I'm really talking about like evolving like humanity, like how are we evolving humanity and people? And what was interesting is she's done so much work around what she's up to with energy work that I said what I would say about my work in systems and structure And it was the exact same conversation. And that was part of the holy shit for me because- And that was the no duh for me. You're like, I know already, Allie. But also like, (laughs) I'm never gonna study energy work enough to interact with it in a way that's like, 
you know, super, like, I'm okay with defaulting. Like I need a psychologist at some points when I have certain mental health things going on, or I need a surgeon when, you know, I break my arm and a bone is sticking out or whatever. But there's something about some of the woo stuff that I, I don't feel as comfortable giving it that kind of mental assent. But also I think that if there are people that are as good at dealing with the energy around something that's happening or any of the other like quote accelerants to sort of start to transition as you know, I am at what I'm good at, like all those things are needed to come together to, to move things forward. And what is that going to look like? And it just interested me. And then we tied that back into, you know, you're like, yes, this is exactly the whole thing about accelerants that we need, like, um, we need to be able to apply things to the process that are going to get us as humanity, a result and us as leaders, a result faster, um, and more effectively and deeper and more transformatively than we could have otherwise. And you're like, see, that's exactly what I do. I'm doing with oils. And I was like, yes, I understand this hundred percent when we talk about what you do with oils, because it's very unique and I don't have to understand all the details. Like I know you enough to understand like how brain works and all the things that you, you know, 50 different things that you pick out of whatever lives in your brain and put together in a bottle. Like that makes sense to me, but it was just interesting. I don't know. It was a holy shit moment. And so I, this whole podcast is supposed to be about accelerants. Like what does that look like? And, you know, yeah, no, you're like, you're 50 steps behind in the conversation, but I think it's it's really important. Like, what if we, can you tell the story about that lady who like finally got relief from something awful? And then she was like, yeah. So I told this on, I want to set a little bit more context before I tell the story, but I told this on the very first episode when we were talking about the American church. So you started out talk a minute ago, talking about integration and when you and I were talking and processing after your massage, one of the things we were talking about is if you look at humanity as a person, just as a model, not that humanity is a person. I mean, some people think it's a collective consciousness, but whatever. Let's just as a model say humanity is a person. If they're going to have some kind of breakthrough, like if you have a person that's going to have some kind of breakthrough, if they're disintegrated in any way, like if their body is way, you know, if they're really strong and fit, but they're emotionally a train wreck, or if they're emotionally really healthy, but they, you know, eat like garbage and they never exercise, like it's really difficult to have that next big breakthrough until you kind of come to a level. Nobody's ever going to be all fully integrated where everything is like, you know, the same score or whatever. Um, where your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? But you really do need to kind of get, they can't be so far apart. And this is like when we talked in in, um, episode eight, the first woo episode, um, when I talked about going to yoga because I felt like I lived above my head, like I was so overdeveloped logically and mentally. And my body was just like this hunk of meat that I dragged around. I would have had a very difficult time having any kind of personal breakthrough growth, even mentally, because my body was just so out of alignment. So there's like a level of um, alignment. There was one thing we did. I can't remember where there was like a journal or a planner where you like lay out the, the, the things in your life and you try to get them all like, this one's a four and this one's a seven and this one's a six. Yeah. You make like a wheel. 
and then yeah, you look and like, so, oh, there's this huge dip here. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is like a wheel. Like it won't spin if the if the wedges are way out of proportion. They can be a little bit out of proportion, but not. So like if you look at humanity, and again, speaking very Western centric right now, um, the the wedges between like spirituality, what you're calling woo, and like like if you think of it as a person, right? The the brain is way overdeveloped compared to the body and especially compared to the spirit. And yeah. so if humanity is a person, in order to make the next big leap forward and whatever our next evolution is as humankind, we have to get more integrated. We won't be able to do it. It's not even like a nice thing or a good thing, or it'll make it easier. Like we literally won't be able to make that leap without getting to higher integration. So we were talking about that and I said, yeah, that's one of the things I do with accelerants because what's missing is that like traditional space that women have held that healer space, that woo space, that energy space. Not that like it, it, it would totally be the same thing if we had a culture where it was like all woo and no logic and no brain, we would have to like get into our books right. in order to make the next. So that's just kind of where we are. Um, and, and there's a place where for sure there are cultures that lean really heavy in that direction there's no question right 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 yeah like like if you um if you're like completely connected to the earth and you know everything there is to know about herb herb lore but you don't know like pie i mean like the greek pie not like <laughs> flour yes. and sugar and fruit if you if you don't know like if you haven't solved for what pie is or whatever like you're not going to invent anything like you might have a very spiritual, healthy, but you're probably not going to have indoor plumbing. You're probably not going to have like all that stuff. Right. Right. Um, so one of the things we've been talking about, and I've mentioned before on this podcast too, is like the women who are supposed to step. So for, number one, we need accelerants and accelerant being something that makes something happen faster. Like you said, because we've gone so like there's been such a push forward so fast in the mental and the scientific and the industrial, all of which is great. Don't get me wrong, but right. in order to catch up, like we could take 200 years or we could add an accelerant. Like that's chemical reactions too, right? Like even your body uses these, yeah. right? Like, like enzymes. And I mean, enzymes, I guess enzymes are an accelerant. Like you could digest this for 50 years or, um, enzymes will join you and digest it in two hours so that's what we need and we've so, all had these experiences like whether it was like church camp or a business yeah. retreat or you know where your brain is just flooded but again yeah. that's like such a heady but mm -hmm. I mean we've been at things where we're like oh my gosh I'll never think about that thing the same way again but it's all head right yeah 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 so in this space, because it's traditionally held by women, there's um, like a lot of forbiddenness and danger and don't touch that and no, no, no. Um, and like dismiss it. There's a lot dismissed yes, about it. Dismissive, too. Like the yeah, like value that we've taken away from women. God, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. And it makes me still kind of want to throw up a little bit. But really, like the um, even when we say like women's work, right. Or like, and we talk about enablement and the way often women partner and like all of a sudden, you know, there's like, it's not as valuable as it was. Right. Totally. So to get back to the story you asked me to tell. So one of the things I've noticed is that as women enter into these spaces, and I've said this on the podcast before too, 
it's almost like they need permission. Like one of, one of the accelerants I have is to sit in front of a woman who's like, um, this is what I do for my job and it's very pretty and acceptable. And then this over here is what I'm totally obsessed about. Like, yeah, you should totally put that obsession thing into your business. It's really cool and amazing. And, but it's so woo that they're like afraid. So I was in a clubhouse months ago um, where someone was, we were, and we were talking about woo modalities and one of the women in there had the, had a very serious um, digestive problem. I don't remember exactly what it was. But she had a super serious digestive problem. She'd been to all these doctors. She's done all this stuff. And then someone told her to go see this healer person. And she was really reluctant. Um, and it wasn't like, you know, in a tent with stuff burning out front. Like it was, it wasn't reeky, but it was, you know, whatever, something like the person has a website and a business card, like that kind of, of level <laughs> right. of legitimacy. But um, she's uh, also a Christian, a Christ follower. And she was really worried, like, is this person a witch? Is there something bad here? Whatever. And she went in and, and maybe it was just Reiki. It might've just been Reiki. And the person did whatever they did. And within days, she had almost complete relief from this thing that had been bothering her for ages. And what she actually said in Clubhouse was, I thought at this point, I don't even care if she's a witch because I finally feel better. And I thought that was so interesting because I don't think the person was a witch and I don't think there was anything out of alignment. The way she described it, it sounded just like energy work. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet there was so much like baggage around the energy work being something demonic that Mm -hmm. she almost couldn't go get like, I'm sure there are many people that you and I both know who the massage experience you had would have freaked them out if the, if the person had talked to them about it the way she talked to you right. um, about it. Does that make sense? Oh, I mean, there was even plenty in our conversation where I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, right. And it's just, I mean, energy work is every bit as real And this is what's so interesting too, is that in some places science has gone, skipped so far ahead, but now is getting to the place where they're starting to quote, scientifically validate a lot of the stuff. Like when we talk about quantum physics and Mm -hmm. string theory. Right. Um, And so it's funny because it's this weird, like it's not two ends of a spectrum. It's like a circle that goes around because like science hasn't validated this, but it turns out yet. But so science <laughs> right. has moved fast enough that it dismisses energy work, not all of it, but but hasn't moved fast enough that it discovers energy work out, you know, in their in what they would consider to be legit science. Well, plus so much of the scientific discovery has been motivated by patents and grants and money and yes. you know, yes, male status, you know. That yeah. there's, there just wasn't like a resourcing behind. I mean, it's the same with essential oils, right? Like you can't patent lavender oil. So why research well, and, and study it? And it's, and okay, this is a little bit of a squirrel, but um, it's, it's also why there's only one medication for period pain. Um, <laughs> no, for real, like this is a real thing. Like the number of scientific studies to investigate um, menstrual pain versus the number of scientific studies and drugs to investigate erectile dysfunction is like so disproportionate. And it was totally an economic decision. It was not like, oh, 
so many, like there's millions of women who have debilitating pain every month. And, and it's not that like, we don't know what to do about it because nobody has asked the question. I think there's been like three studies on, um, and there's a word for it. Cause it's not just like, Oh, I have a little bit of tummy cramps. It's like debilitating pain. Yeah. Like, like women miss work kind of pain it interferes with daily life. Um, and it just hasn't been studied because somebody like the, the first question someone asked is if we came up with this drug, how much money could we make on it rather than how can we, you know, make sure that women are full contributors and not suffering and not whatever. And yet like, guys don't get boners. Oh, we better quickly rush because that's where the money is, right? Like that's why there's more money in being a porn star than a preschool teacher. Right. Right. Because the dominant whatever wants porn more than it wants quality, quality preschool. So our dominant, whatever wants erectile dysfunction drugs more than it wants drugs for period relief. Yeah. So it is. It's so interesting and so sad. And I like that earlier you used the analogy of connecting like the body to, you know, like human, like the body of humanity, because, you know, my experience was with, so I've been right. Like the last six months have been so hard on the heels of COVID, right? Like already a really hard season for We're not even really everyone. on the heels of it. We're still in like <laughs> in true. the belly of COVID. But as the same month that Italy opened its borders again. So already, you know, sad for me that I'm not back there yet. But, um, you know, like as some things were starting to unfold differently, they like, we did, I mean, it was just a very, like I say, what I went through with Peggy was by far the hardest thing I ever have been through as far as like all, a, a whole experience, right? Like when Josie was missing, that was like incredibly traumatic. But just as far as like hard, like all the resources, the physical energy, the, the constant trauma, like fear and like worry and all the things to manage and all that stuff, like it was really, really difficult. And I know that I have a lot of that in my body and that the, one of the best ways to access that is to do massage and yoga and you know, then journaling and like spiritual practices, like I know how to move through it, but I know it'll move a lot faster if it's not just me on my yoga mat and also someone else's, you know, leading and guiding and I'm doing massage and stuff. But the, I left that experience thinking the first massage I had with her thinking like, you know, oh yeah, like this is going to help this unravel so much faster. And then the second time I was thinking about what that lady said, like, I don't even care if this is wrong, like, which isn't really true. Right. But I don't even care what that was. I just want more of it. And, yeah, and she didn't mean it that way either. Like she was right. She was uh, using hyperbole to make a point. Like, you know, if the woman actually was like, we're going to summon a demon now, I'm sure she would have been out the door. But the point was like her fear and what she got was really disproportionate. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So I think also like when you describe the wheel, I'm really, I was present to like, if you drew a wheel and then there's this huge dip out over so many things, right? Like if, um, like when you do these little wheels, like there's usually like eight things in your life that you give a number to and you rate somehow. And then, 
you know, like finances and family relationships and spirituality and work and all the things. Right. And then you draw kind of like the connecting dots and you're like, man, around money, I have this huge dip or around um, my relationship with my close family. I have this huge gap between what I want and what I'm experiencing. So you end up with this totally lopsided wheel. But if you look at humanity and we rated, you know, Western culture, for sure, we, you know, we're super disproportionately balanced. Um, And when I think about that wheel going around, it's like this very violent, like chopping, which I think is what we're experiencing. Like people are getting, you know, just massacred inside the system and it isn't working. And so we're going to have the kind of disruption where we're going to tear apart the structures or we're going to start building rapidly into something that people can really have hope in. And I don't care what your work is. I think we should all be looking at how do we accelerate that process? Yeah, because you and I are talking about the woo spiritual thing being out of balance. But as a, if, if humankind, and again, I I have to only restrict mostly to Western culture because it's too big to think about the rest right now, although that's an important conversation, but even just like in the United States, physically, we're really disproportionate too, because there are people going without basic needs. And there's like one in four kids are food insecure, like in the wealthiest country in history, that's obscene. Um, And so it's so disproportionate, even in physical needs being met, like, um, you know, this is a topic for another day too, but when you think about, okay, we want to, um, go into schools and revolutionize them and, you know, teach kids how they're valued and all this other stuff. But if they're hungry, they can't learn. And that is also a place where we're physically very disproportionate. Like most, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of Americans fat and overfed other Americans starving. And then you pull that out to the whole world and it's even worse. So it's not just about like, let's be more spiritual so that we can get in. It's that like the financial, logical science, whatever is so disproportionate to the rest. Um, And if we're smart, we can use that like in a, in the wheel, like on the personal wheel, they never say this explicitly, but like, if you have a place where like maybe health is low and finances is high, you can actually like borrow from that finance wheel to make the the health healthier. Like, oh gosh, maybe I should hire a trainer or take a cooking class or learn how to shop for groceries or pay a little bit more for my groceries or whatever. Um, And we have that ability. Like we don't have a resource problem to get balanced as human. No, I agree with you, but it isn't just a matter of reproportioning everything either. Like when you talk about, no, in all fairness, no, it's I don't like to read and I've only read a couple studies and I have worked with some, um, some organizations that deal with hunger and children. <clears throat> I'm not totally naive about it, but if we don't also address that, what we describe as hunger and what we look at um, is, is measuring to like, three meals a day that are probably too many calories, then we're also not addressing the whole picture when right, we no, deal totally. with children I, and food and our model. Like we have to really overhaul more than just one part of it. And that's why yeah. we have to bring. No, I, I and I'm not bear. Like, 
No, I, I I'm not taking a simplistic approach. In fact, one of my favorite, another one of my favorite really videos. Style. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very nuanced. Um, Sugar, the bitter truth, the, the uh, pediatric, um, shoot, mm-hmm. what's the hormone doctor, endocrinologist, um, the pediatric endocrinologist, and he talks about childhood hunger, but he talks about, he actually talks about childhood malnutrition. Um, and he, and he showed a chart with um, like, food instability, and then also crisscrossed with childhood obesity. And he pointed to the introduction of WIC. Um, and WIC is uh, women, infant, children, I think is what it stands for, W-I-C. Um, and it's supplemental nutrition for um, pregnant mothers and little kids. Um, and it's the intention behind it is fantastic. And there's only certain things that you can buy with WIC. But one of the things you can buy with WIC is juice. Um, and so mm-hmm. he's like, we were looking at, you know, we were looking at all these kids who were malnourished, like they were underweight. And he's like, boy, we solved that problem. And he shows like the obesity spike, but it's the same kids, right? They're just as malnourished as they yeah. were before, but now they're fat. Um, right. And I don't mean that in like a, like a fat shaming way, but like we took kids. Yeah, we didn't solve the problem. Well, yeah. We took kids who weren't being properly nourished and we're like, here's juice. And it's not even just orange juice. It's like thing I, I've seen what I, I went and looked, especially after I saw this video, because stuff is labeled at the grocery store, whether you can use wick on it. And even those things that are quote juice, like 10% juice and the rest sugar water, that's covered by wick the fuck. And right. so we didn't solve the problem. Those kids are just as malnourished. They're just not as hungry. And that's good, I guess. Um, but we could have done a better job about that because it mostly covers like milk, juice. I can't remember what all. But I don't think it covers like fresh Whole fruits and vegetables. And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we didn't really, and again, because some of it is we're trying to solve these, these very nuanced systemic problems with an industrial model to get back to what I was bitching about at the beginning of like, it's just a giant machine and we just push one lever, yoink, and it fixes the whole problem. La la. Because human but behavior is also blah, 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 the way the purely um, financial economy is driving so much and why I think in order I mean everything needs to change right but we have to change our economic models and I'm not talking about like capitalism versus socialism but like really inventing and interacting in models where we value um, contribution and greatness and some of those things in a way that doesn't have us making the decisions that we have like I was walking downtown a few days ago and I saw a sign on a bus for a local grocery store that I love, but now I'm annoyed with because they said, basically it was like, if you use your EBT cards here, which is like, you know, the subsidized welfare, food yeah. or whatever, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we, you get like essentially like a one for one credit. Like you spend a dollar of government money and we'll give you a dollar of, you know, an extra dollar to spend. So on the surface, it sounds great until you start to look at how that money is actually spent, which is insanely, I mean, I think that, what is that? Oh God, I'm gonna, I, I will destroy this, but I mean, some, I won't even try, but some insane portion of like Coke and Pepsi sales are like way disproportionately people on, on subsidized food programs. And that oh, I don't know that stat. Horrifying. Yeah, oh my gosh, I have to look that up for you. It's like so disproportionate to to the population that it's like 
I mean, you just mouth on the floor, like you have to be kidding me. So I'm sure it sounds great, but also like it shows how much money there is that, uh, that a major grocery store in Salt Lake is trying to attract, you know, yeah. that money into their store. Yeah, it's true. Um, I feel like we've squirreled way off, but um, sorry. We totally no, no, have. no, don't apologize. I took us here. You took us here, wherever. It doesn't matter. But I just wanted to like, just pull back to the context, but um, yeah, there is so much to, there's so much that needs to change in order to get to the next thing. And I think that's kind of why we were talking about accelerants because that is not, um, there. I've seen that try to be solved by like banning. <laughs> there was uh, a couple of years ago when Obama was president, I guess that's more than a couple of years ago, but anyway, during the Obama <laughs> presidency, um, because part of that is food deserts, right? Like that's what's available. And right. I've seen people lose their mind that you can use um, EBT at fast food. I had a friend on Facebook who was like, this is outrageous. I'm like, listen, if you're homeless or you're an elderly person who can't operate the stove, that might be your best option. Like if you live at a shelter or whatever, and you can't keep fresh groceries and right. it also makes economic sense. Like if I go to the grocery store with a dollar, it's not true anymore, but I can go to McDonald's with a dollar and get, I think it's a little more than a dollar, but let's just say dollar menu days. I can get a <laughs> double cheeseburger, which is a bun, two pieces of meat, a piece of cheese, pickles and onions for a dollar. I cannot right. get that at the grocery store. I, I just can't. I can't right. get a, bu- a bun, two pieces of meat, a piece of cheese, onions and, t- and pickles for a dollar at the grocery store. It's just not a thing. Like no matter how shitty, low quality, I mean, which really raises a question, right? But um, <laughs> is that even food? But then we start down another. Right. Well, and it's a loss leader because they're making their money on the Coke and Pepsi. Right. But um, <laughs> so food deserts is a huge problem. And in a lot of places, there's these little bodegas and they take the EBT. And so the Obama administration was like, here's how we're going to fix it. In order to accept food stamps, You have to offer high quality foods. Here's some examples, lamb, tofu, fresh grapes, all this stuff. (laughs) And I was like, are you, you've got to be kidding me. And I was, again, this was a Facebook conversation. And so I was talking, one of the people I was talking with was a friend of mine who also grew up with a single mom. Like I, I was raised by a single mom. We were very broke. I mean, we always had plenty to eat. We never lived on the street or anything like that. Very fortunate, but we didn't have money for lamb and tofu. Um, Right. And and he was similar situation. We were laughing. We're like, a person on food stamps is not going to spend. Like, gosh, I was at Whole Foods this week, and lamb was, I think, twenty dollars a pound. I was going <laughs> to say, like, easily a good deal is like sixteen, seventeen dollars a pound. Yeah, that's if it's on sale. And right. I was like, this is so interesting because that's a policy obviously set by someone who's never had to think about their grocery budget. Right. Because if you have, if you're budgeting for groceries. You're not buying lamb and tofu. You might not even buy fresh grapes unless they're on sale. Um, and so it was just so dumb because like, yeah, you want to address food deserts, but these bodegas are not going to stock a bunch of food that no one's going to buy. That's just going to go bad. It's just like people act in their own self-interest. Like I will spend my dollar to get the most calories I can. And so now we're talking about taking on like the whole food complex too. Yeah. Which um, one of the funniest things about that to me is that the USDA decides what's the most nutritious way to eat. 
like oh uh, yeah <laughs> right, i'm like although um, all the rabbit holes right like so many right. go ahead what yeah. were you gonna say no i was gonna say like okay um so we went in a little room and we sat down and we tried to figure out what was the best thing to eat and we came out and we're like guess what funny coincidence we think you should eat mostly what we make it, it just came out right. that way like the hell because remember when they used to tell us to eat so much grain i don't even know what it is anymore but um like why is the u.s like a plate now but yeah uh, last time I saw it was a staircase, but maybe it's a plate. Um, I don't know. But it used to be the pyramid and the bottom was grain. Grain. Yeah. Grain. And like, and that's, so there's economic forces too, because if you want to feed a country, you really want to make sure you have plentiful, cheap. And, and the best thing that's cheap and plentiful is wheat, rice, beans, corn. Um, right. But it's not so, oh my gosh, we're so far down a rabbit hole. And we were talking about accelerants. But the, the point being is like, there's so much to, to try to pull a bow. <laughs> um, yeah. Some of these things in order to make the next leap forward for all of these problems, they're so systemic and so entrenched that the only possible way we could do it without it taking multiple lifetimes is to use accelerators and accelerants. Um, and it just happens to be that the space where we need the most help right now is in the spiritual energetic space. And, and for sure, like connection, connectivity, family, like, I don't, I think that it's all, I mean, I think that yeah, there's the a lot of, a lot of that. Yeah. But I think that what you spoke to is like part of it, right? Like generations, it's taken generations to build these really enmeshed systems that are driven by you know, one thing after another that maybe doesn't really resonate. And then we stand there as consumers or as moms or as, you know, small business owners or whatever, and think like, I don't know, what do you do? There's, cause there's so much to unravel that, that it points back to like, we need to do things like better, faster, deeper, and more creatively than, and collectively than we have. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to bring in these accelerant things, whatever they look like, if it can look right. like systemic tools, like you like to develop, which right. I also like to develop. But um, one of the reasons I like using oils for these transformations is to get back to what you were saying earlier, it, it's a very nice bridge thing. Because if I hand you physically something and say, this is made from plants, just the same way aspirins are made, aspirin is made from plants. That's like tangible, it's way more accessible, like something right. like Reiki or you know, shifting energy, like by just being with somebody, it's not that that's not real, but it's less tangible. And it's a little harder for people to um, grasp onto. So what I'm really about is faster transformation or deeper or whatever. And the modality that I've chosen this minute is energetic use of oils because it's so accessible for people. And the oils are literally accessible too, right? Like it's easy to get um, but I'm open to like this person you were talking about with an, en as an energy worker, like if she's got something going on, let's bring that on board too. Right. And I think, you know, it, maybe I would say to people who are energy workers or who, who have like some kind of access to that and are thinking further along these lines than even maybe Lynn, um, is like, you have to like do the work of bridging the gap. Like you cannot take, um, 
you can't take like all the weird shit, like straight to a majority market. Like right. they're going to balk. And I'm an early adopter in a lot of things, but we're still like, I'm going to balk every time. But if you package things in a way and do the work of translating um, what you care about into the world, like that's something that I think, you know, we all have to be responsible for whatever it is, whether you're talking about your accelerants or something else, like do the work. Like I would like to see, you know, some organizations grow up. Like one of the things the massage therapist and I were talking about is how no one, like everybody talks about integrative health centers and retreats and things like that. But I have yet to see them done. Like, I'm sure it's probably happening somewhere, but I've yet to be, see them done in a way that's accessible and usable and affordable and whatever. And and duplicatable. And that would be, I mean, I think it would be so much fun to go on a retreat where, you know, there was like, you know, yoga and meditation and somebody could come over for a business strategy consult or do some genius work, like really integrate it. And not only like yoga and oils, but also like, I don't know, here's a smorgasbord of all these brilliant things. So go like contribute where you're great, but go and, you know, eat off the menu, but but we're, some things have been brought up to a standard so that it's not um, like, I don't know if offensive is the right word, because I think it's okay to be really profoundly challenged, but I don't think um, that, but I mean, I think like to create some safety for people, I mean, that's what doTERRA did with oils, right? Like we've tested this and it's, and we know, you know, we've applied science and we've applied these other things so we know that it's safe. Yeah. So you reminding me of um, when I first introduced oils to my dad and he said, <laughs> am I going to have to start wearing a muumuu and get some rice curtains? I'm like, no, smart ass. <laughs> you're not. Yep. Um, I know. I was like, but, I don't want to smell like patchouli. Right. Yeah. Patchouli is disgusting. But um, it's interesting because the, when I said earlier that I, I've been talking to a lot of women coaches who are into these woo things. And then one of the things I show them is how to, and I'm not anywhere near like when it comes to business strategy and business plans, like I bow at your feet. But um, one of the things I've talked to these women about is like, here's how to package your woo thing inside a, like, it's like those little pill pockets that you get, like the little meat flavored pill pockets you get for your dogs. And you like, you put the pill inside the pill pocket and then you're like, yeah, who wants a little beef chew? And they swallow it down. <laughs> and so there's a way to like package and that's kind of what I'm doing with um, this one thing of my oils too, where the ones that come with a workbook, because that's like, uh, and, and I guess we're really just talking about complete product. If we want to start using crossing the chasm language um, and you yeah. were just doing with early adopter and early majority, because you were saying as a, you're an early adopter, but I think here you're actually early majority because you really do want a complete product, right? Like you probably wouldn't have been open to that woman coming. Maybe you would, cause you're my friend, but to just coming to your house and like passing hands over you or something like, but when it was integrated <laughs> into a massage, something that you already understand and appreciate and see the value of. And she's like, Hey, let me just add this little accelerant in here. Let me sneak something into the, into the beef treat. That's maybe not a great thing to say <laughs> about a massage. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so many people have gotten about, trouble for that one. <laughs> yeah. Talking about pill pockets, not anything else. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did I tell you, oh my gosh, this is there. Um, 
the the place that I first did yoga, not the creepy singy place, but the place like the good experience I ever had was a studio in like a little building. And there was a massage place next door, but it turned out to just be like a prostitution place. Like one of my friends went there for massage. He's right. like, they offered me a happy ending. And I think the, he's like, it looked like the people were sleeping in there and stuff. I'm like, oh, yuck, there's human trafficking across the hall from my yoga studio. And not yuck, like I was not yuck, like I was anything against those women, but like, yuck, why would someone do that? Like, you know, the horror. But anyway, um, so I think one of the things there is to do, and which is why accelerance is like the the name of it that resonates with me the most is we're taking something that already like, like you were just talking about the retreat. Like I could see calling that retreat, like take your next, you know, big step or take a leap forward or whatever. And the retreat is about the result, right? Like I get unstuck. And then the modalities are like the accelerants, but they're packaged in a way that is, makes sense. Like in the retreat, you were just describing like, mornings are lectures and afternoons are woo shit, but you wouldn't put it that way. Right. You would just kind of mix it all around and then people can kind of engage where they are. And I think that's really what there is to do around. Like we are going to have to do this, whatever it is, energy work, systemic revolution, all these things packaged in a way that people can access. Otherwise you spend all your time um, trying to convince people to do it. Whereas if you just right. like slide it in, you know, and that's where a lot of my stuff, like a lot of my wooey stuff, I first experienced it slid inside something else that felt normal. Well, I mean, we all, I, I, we always say, right. Like, I mean, it's your work creating a spacious life, but building bridges between, you know, things that weren't accessible, making them more accessible is part of your work and developing, helping people develop individually. That's what your, one of your greatness is, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's really my brain, like, I mean, I love to write business plans. I'm like, I don't know, how do we, how do we um, start to bring this into a bigger scale? But I think the answer is like to start to do, um, like to start to do the work individually and in our small yeah. communities. But I think thing, I guess being a stand for it, right? Like getting clear. But I think that piece of, there is something to standardize, like, you don't have to call yourself a shaman to do spiritual work. Like everybody doesn't have to be like, remember when everybody was like a guru in the early two thousands and you're like, Oh yeah. Crying out loud. Um, but yeah, there's a place with, I don't know why I like, eh. but um, I think that's something to take on is like, how do we make these things like more tangible and accessible and like be responsible for their value um, without I mean, it's exactly what you and I talk about so much with like some oil companies like want to be weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like and the, that um, keeps them from being accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, without naming names, um, the main <laughs> competitor to doTERRA, their monthly blend is called Dragon Time. And for me, that is a huge turnoff. Like right. I, that is, no. I am a fuck like that, no to that. that that feels like a dusty back corner of a room lit with like skull candles. I mean, the fuck. And <laughs> that, that is like, that's the majority market conversation too, is like, how do we package this? And it's not even new, it's old. <laughs> this right. stuff, this, this stuff we're reclaiming, it needs to be p- packaged in a way that's palatable. And I think that's really 
what there is to do around it. And if anybody has a better name than accelerants, I would love to hear it because I've gotten a lot of pushback on that, but I don't know what else to call it. That's what it is. Like an accelerant is something that makes a chemical reaction go faster. No, it's really good. And one of the things that I've been thinking about around this, like there's a lot of stuff that I'm a no to, right? Like you and I say like we're Christ followers and like there's things like summoning demons, like we're, I'm a, I'm a no to that, right? But there's right. a lot of things that are gray areas and a lot of things that, you know, I'd have to put some thought into and not inside of fear, but um, and oh, there's a lot of integrity. things I'm a no to just because I don't want to have to give the mental bandwidth to it, figure out if it's valuable or not. I have another tool, but right. I think that like most of the people I know who are energy workers, a lot of massage therapists, a lot of healers and people who are very spiritual, like they're infinitely respectful. And that's something that I think, man, I wish we saw more of that in the business world. Right. But I think that is maybe like they've done in general, more work around respect and holding space and respecting boundaries. Um, And so I think that gives, because I know most people, like if I was, if I wanted to have my chart read or something, I could say like, I'm a no to this, I'm a no to this, I'm a no to this. Mm -hmm. And somebody who knows all the things about it and go great I can do that for you like no yeah. problem I'll respect those boundaries and I've never personally had an experience with somebody who was like well I'm just gonna you know do it in a way that's not in alignment for you so I think that does create something yeah like I had someone um was doing charts for me and she is very big into past lives I'm like that doesn't resonate with me I don't believe that but I do believe in generational blessings and cursings and things that are inherited spiritually along with physically and she's like oh I can totally like it's the same so we just talked about like yeah like generational um like spiritual generational inheritance it's completely the same thing as far as like what she was helping me break down and she did find a bunch of stuff that was like yeah there was probably a grandma or a great grandma that had blah 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 and then that gets passed down and that gets passed down energetically and physically when we talk about epigenetics like and who knows right what's actually true but what was the point was it was useful to me and she was very respectful of where I was like I can't even I'm such a no to this that if you tell me this I just instantly won't be able to not that I resist or like shut up or anything like that but I won't be able to use it for myself but if we can talk about generational assignments I'm 100% behind that as a thing yeah I think that's a good point right and we and there's something to be responsible on the other side of it but there's too much fear and too much like fragmenting and there's been so much power in making people wrong and separating people from each other like I really think that inside whatever movement is going to come forward like we have to be less about tearing each other down even tearing down like the parts of ourselves that were too, you know, were top heavy and, and led with, you know, power instead of gentleness when gentleness was as good of a tool or better. And I think those are, um, like you said, you know, borrow from the money to feed, you know, to bring some tools on board, you'll get there faster. But um, I think we have to start thinking like that. I hope we start thinking like that. Yeah. I mean, it's that or violence. Because I think we'll also feel such a sense of relief, right? Like, just like I did when I was like unwinding from my massage for a couple of days, like, 
oh my gosh, it's not going to take me like a year to process the last traumatic six months. Like I'm going to be able to move through this in a way that, that I can deal with. Yeah. And without the massage, without the massage, it will take a year. And that's like really important to acknowledge, right. That, um, when we are processing things like this, like without the accelerants, without all the different modalities, without being intentional, hiring coaches, workers, healers, that stuff takes yeah. longer than it needs to. Right. Okay. So I feel like here. Getting, I think we should just end on an amen. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like these are getting less and less funny and I don't know what to do about that, <laughs> but there we are. I like that you're worrying about whether or not they're funny. I think it's good. I mean, I, I, I don't think we like, promised anybody funny. I think we just promised like, you know, real conversation about what's really happening. And this is stuff we really care about. And also like, you don't sit at the dinner table, usually talking about, you know, how you were drunk for like two hours after your massage. Like, I mean, there's just things like experiences that are collective that, um, you know, I think it's okay to be open to and to talk really openly about. Yeah, it's true. Um, But I'd love to be entertaining. We'll just call this entertaining. I will definitely nod that I find you very entertaining. Oh, that's good. Okay. So with the, on that note, we'll see you next time in the ladies room. See you next time. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies room. You can also find Lynn at a spacious life on Facebook, Instagram, and in clubhouse and find Allie at 5 billion entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm-hmm.